Hello and welcome to a sporting discussion, your podcast that discusses sports of all sorts. I'm Andrew Donison, and I'm joined by ABC Grandstand's brand spanking new Australian Baseball League correspondent, AJ Mithen. Well, we did one week. Big will time. There a, will there be a second? We a- wait. We wait and see. He's already changed his email sign off to AJ Big Time Mithen. Big so time. I like it. It's uh, already gone <laughs> to his head, but. This week, we are going to have a bit of a chat about the Commonwealth Games, but not about the games themselves. Mm, coverage thereof. Yes. And then we're going to ask each other a couple of questions, and we've also got some questions from the listeners. But AJ, mm? do you want to tell us about your experience with ABC Grandstand? How did it go? <laughs> I don't- I haven't listened to it back because I don't think they podcast the four-minute clip on uh, the APL. Uh, I think you could tell that my voice was squeaky, like a nervous 13-year-old boy. You were just trying to get all of the information out that you could. It's all the data. you just got to feed the data into the machine, yes. No, it was good fun. So what time really good on fun. Saturday afternoons can people expect to hear that? Ooh, rolling into the one o'clock news on Saturday afternoons on ABC Grandstand from about 10 to 1. Excellent. Yeah. All right. uh, assuming at the time of recording that this segment is going ahead. Of course it will. Of yes. course it will go ahead. It was a magnificent piece of, of radio and the the person on the other end clearly didn't really know much about baseball. They're going, oh, <laughs> oh so that team's on the top of the ladder. Oh, this <laughs> team's on no, the bottom. No, but you then went, well, yes. And this is why, and this is how they can improve. We need to move on to our own show. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, You were very good, AJ. Commonwealth Games. Yes. Yeah, everyone's just so excited for the Gold Coast in 2018. Everyone, that is, except for Fairfax and News Limited publications, Andrew. Yeah, they've decided that due to the restrictions that are being put on them due to the exclusivity of Channel 7's media coverage, that they won't be covering the... the, Sorry, they won't be seeking accreditation to cover the games. They've been told that they're not allowed to relay or not allowed to talk about what happens in a press conference until 30 minutes after it's been said. There's a 30-minute delay in publishing information from a press conference, which is just insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is also uh, restrictions around the number of uh, minutes they can show. But, you know, minutes in a a news item, 60 seconds in an article, but 60 seconds three times a day. It's limited to three times a day. 60 seconds across three. Let's, Let's try reading the actual words. All right, you go. Obey a 30-minute delay for broadcasting content collected at news conferences and limit digital news bulletins to a maximum of 60 seconds a day across no more than three bulletins a day. So you can have 20 seconds across three bulletins or you can have 60 seconds in one to cover the entire Commonwealth Games unless that's, uh, unless that's talking about press conferences as well. Okay, so that's footage... Let's let's assume that the 60 seconds Mm. is footage. You can talk about what's happened. Mm -hmm. You can show scores on the screen. You Mm. just can't show how it all happened. Well, this this has happened before, remember. Um, There's been sports reports uh, from events with uh, 
draconian uh, coverage laws where they just show the like run through a series of photos like a PowerPoint slideshow or something while the report's going on. WWE do that as well. Yeah, where they're not allowed to show you exactly what happened in mm. the uh, in the event because they don't have the rights to it. So they'll just show photos. They'll go through some photos. Or like the Australian newspaper that for the Australian India tour where it was a money thing that they didn't go. They used. Um, Oh, test match figures. Oh, that's right. As the photos. <laughs> I've seen Lego, Lego uh, characters yeah. as well for soccer games that haven't been allowed to be covered. So I've got – I think the – that – you can't show footage. Okay, mm. fine. Deal with that because Channel 7 are showing the, the footage. What about, what's I'm assuming the deal? they're paying a big whack of money. Yeah, but what's the deal with a 30-minute embargo on anything that's said in a public press conference? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I've got... There's no guarantee that Channel 7 would use the footage they get from a press conference within 30 minutes either. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we should be grateful that the rule isn't you can't do anything until Channel 7 uses it. But also, they've got to be very strict about who's allowed in the press conferences because if anyone could just wander in and listen, then they could just be tweeting, mm. this person said this, this person well, said that. Well, that's the thing, and that's what a lot of the um, sports journalists around Australia were firing up about, uh, is that someone who's in the room, a volunteer or something, can walk out and tweet exactly what happened mm. in that press conference before, their journal- before a journalist is allowed to. And if Channel 7 have decided that it's not newsworthy then that person can be the only person who's reported <laughs> it. And Aaron, Aaron Delahunty, a very good friend of the show, made a good point where she was saying, but a lot of the people just, they want to read the newspaper the following day to find out what happened the previous day. So it's actually not as much of an issue uh, as it's been made out. Mm, I think it's more of a... Um yeah, it's a, a piecing contest to a degree, but there's a, this is one of the strongest, I guess, kickbacks against uh, restrictive rights that mm. we've seen in Australia for quite a while. Yeah, well, yeah within Australia, within Australia, particularly. Yeah, um, and I mean they'll, I mean they'll have coverage and they'll do all of that, but uh, well, it gets me thinking: Are people actually going to want to see press conferences and stuff from the Olympic Games? So have Fairfax News Limited just? Stomping their feet and trying to start trouble because they can? No, so I don't think that people necessarily want to watch press conferences, but they certainly want to read what the the winner of the gold medal has said in their press conference and mm. they want to read about what the coach of the whatever team has said about the performance. Yeah. And are we as you know, users of users of social media, active uh, users of that, that are used to getting our news very quickly. Well, especially, uh, yeah, video footage and clips and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Are are we expecting too much? Well, I think it's more, are these rules uh, too old? Mm. Is it an old set of rules or is Channel 7 planning to roll out some massive digital platform whiz-bangery thing that they usually do for sporting events they yeah. cover. Pr- and that's and, actually uh, pretty good. And they want to protect their investment. Because what they've done previously, or well, for the Olympics, Channel 7 had the, the app and mm. they had one channel, at least one channel for each sport. Yeah. And the majority of them were available free on the app. Some of them were premium ones. Mm. And so I think 
the same for the Australian Open, they do it as well. Yeah, and so they've actually got some Winter good Olympics. Stuff. They're doing it as well because I think um, the same sort of uh, restrictions apply in Winter Olympics, but yeah, it's Winter Olympics. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. But th- this is this is kind of what we've talked about where the sporting clubs are starting to have their own media arm. It's Channel Seven who are the ones just going, no, we will control the messages that get out. But it's a little bit different because... Yeah, but they've paid for that control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I th- I've, Do I you think it's a good or a bad thing? For who? It's great for, for, you, for, it's great for Channel 7. No, no, for, for <laughs> you, the consumer. For me, the consumer, uh, look, uh, my consumption of the Commonwealth Games is going to be limited anyway, but I think if you're really into your Commonwealth Games, your athletics, your track and field, those sort of things, uh, it's probably... I don't know, to be honest. It's a, I can't I, because there's nothing that's going. No, nothing's going to be missed in no. the reporting. No, so I personally, at the moment, I don't necessarily. Whilst whilst I think it's a bit strange, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because if I want to know what's going on, I'll go to Channel Seven. I'll go to presumably Yahoo Seven or whatever mm. their um, news component is, and if I want to read something a little bit more in depth then I'll read that at a, a later date. I, I don't need to read that right at the time. Well, let's wrap this up with a quick question for you then. Okay. If the uh, – what's his name? Peter Beatty, who's the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games uh, head or part of the group, yep. has said that his hands are tied and the Commonwealth Games organising committee's hands are tied because it's a deal between Channel 7 and the other parties who want to be accredited – he said, "If they, if this needs to get fixed, then it's then news, Fairfax, anyone else, well, and AAP, I think, are also wavering on whether they'll bother getting accredited or not. Uh, they need to work it out with Channel Seven. Um, so would Channel Seven? So, so they, they need to get accreditation from Channel Seven. Well, no. from the organising, they have to get accredited under the conditions that we've just." Yeah, talked about, and to get those conditions changed, they need to deal with Channel Seven. Uh, so to get the conditions changed, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. So do you think they will even bother trying to get those conditions changed, or is this just all posturing? I think they'll try to get the conditions changed. I actually, I genuinely think that they will hold firm and say, if the conditions don't change, we won't go. Time for some questions without notice, Andrew. You ready? I am. I don't been know what you're going to ask It's been a while me. since we've done questions without notice, but three of, three of them aren't without notice because they came from our loyal listeners out there, mm. listener town. All right, you ready? I am. You're, you're, you're looking at me and you're asking, are you ready a couple of times? I'm concerned about what <laughs> I'm about to be asked. Andrew, the ashes are underway. Women's Correct. ashes are over. True. Uh, Big Bash is coming. But at this stage of the game, who is your favourite cricket commentary team been so far? I've only listened to... Actually, I've listened to, let's call it three. I've listened to the (laughs) Women's Ashes Channel 9 commentary. I've listened to the Men's Ashes Channel 9 commentary. Mm -hmm. And I've listened to the Men's Ashes ABC commentary. Mm -hmm. You haven't tried anyone else. You're a man of habit. Oh yeah, absolutely, man of habit. I I did I put it on Triple M the other day, but it's that's not for me. And yes. I, they've got their uh, their <clears throat> excuse me, they've got their audience, and that's fine. I tried Macquarie Radio, and I just don't like them for 
for some not? reason either. I'm not sure. I think it is a man of habit. I just I like the, so just, the ABC. It's, it's the tones of the ABC that's doing it for you. It is, yeah. But I've got to say, and th- this this is actually related to a question that I was going well, to ask. Well, let's if you're good enough. The commentary in the the Channel Nine commentary in the Women's Ashes yep. is the best that I've heard, and I think it's impacted the men's ashes because during the women's ashes that you had Michael Clark, you had Michael Slater, Ian Healy, Mark Taylor. So all same, same A grade team. So, yeah, yeah. With, with Mel Jones and Lisa Stalaker. Mm-hmm. But they were concentrated on calling the cricket. Mm. There was no talk about what's your favourite pizza. <laughs> there was no Warney trying to steer people off into talking about the 1995 tour and what <laughs> happened on that night after the third test. Yeah. It was all just about... The cricket, and that's, I guess, probably why I prefer the ABC mm. in the the radio stakes to to the others. Um, but I'll, I'll wrap so up. so which one's your favourite then? Thus far, yeah. the um, the women's channel the nine channel women's. nine women's coverage because okay. they focused on the cricket. Yeah. What I'll throw back to you. Ooh, is this the segue? Maybe <laughs> it's it's related to this is. I think that the Channel 9 men's ashes commentary has been quite good. Yes. In, for That'll the mo- be an unpopular For the most part. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt. And, which is exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. But it's still getting, getting roused hammered. upon because yeah. it's not get around him commentary anymore. James Brayshaw isn't there to, mm. to provide that. It's still a little bit of boys club. Yeah. But that's when... Shane Warne tries to make it that. But you can almost <laughs> feel or hear the others bringing it back so they've been, to cricket. Do you, do you think there's been a directive to maybe bring it back to what's happening out on the field? I th- Things might have got away a little bit in years gone by. Possibly, possibly. It, there's, there's, obviously, there's been no talk about that directive, but... Well, there wouldn't be, would there? No, exactly. Well, but, it's interesting, but I, the, uh, I think, is it Gavin Robertson? Yes. Who was the Channel 9... Cricket. Oh, no, Brad McNamara. Brad McNamara, sorry. Kevin Robinson, former right arm offie. Um, mm. Nothing to do with Brad McNamara. Brad, no. Brad McNamara um, has moved from Channel 9 to Triple M's coverage, Southern Cross Radio's coverage, yep. uh, and he's running that instead of running Channel 9. So you think there's been a little bit of a little bit of a move away from the get-around-him sort of yeah. coverage. Yeah, possibly. Okay. So Brad McNamara, a, a noted blocker on Twitter no, as well. He just, why would you block? He, he, he hates anyone who disagrees with him, even if it's just, oh, Brad, are you sure it's Thursday and uh, not Wednesday? Blocked. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Your turn. Oh, can, I, can I ask you what's, your, what's been your favourite commentary team and what, which ones you've listened to and what's been your favourite? Uh, been listening a bit to the ABC. Mm-hmm. I gave Triple M a little bit of a go. Yep. But I find it difficult to cope with Triple M Rock the Cricket brought to you by, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Fish and Chips or whatever it yep. is every five seconds. Yep. Um, uh, the ABC, I'm starting to go off them a bit. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I, and I think this is going to sound ridiculous and monocles are going to be falling into champagne glasses everywhere. Go on, say it. The, the ABC is trying to turn too blokey and too... Get around him, yeah. In it, my eyes, that's just just what I'm saying. We might put that out on a on a Twitter at asd underscore radio or facebook dot com slash a sporting discussion. But uh, maybe it is just me. But I'm just getting the feeling that they're, they're forcing it a bit when okay. they should just be talking about some cricket. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this has gone for a very long time. This one, Andrew, your turn. 
Okay. Players, sports people playing other sports in the off season. What are your What are your thoughts on whether they should be allowed or encouraged or discouraged from doing so? I don't think they should be discouraged. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting paid eight hundred grand from one person and fifteen hundred bucks from the other, I'd say the opinion of the eight hundred grand person carries a bit more weight as to what you should be doing in your off season. Very true. Uh, also, if there's overlap, because I know a lot of there's a fair few AFLW players mm-hmm. who are also you know state level cricketers, yep, or up around that level and netballers as well, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, will find themselves clashing with pre seasons. Um, and regular seasons before too long. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be an, uh, an interesting one. I encourage it. I think play as many codes as you want. I think it's cool. I like uh, so no, triple code. Not so much codes, but more like a, a Nick Kyrgios going to play in basketball. Um, oh, in social time. Yeah. Oh, I've got nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. What no. you, but it, I guess it's only an issue if they injure themselves. And even if they do, it doesn't matter. It's just you living your life. You're not going to sit at home when you're not training with your feet up going, oh, well, I can't do anything. anything." Because injuries happen. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about, you know, I don't want our players playing international rules because they'll hurt themselves. I don't want them playing state of origin because they'll hurt themselves, blah, blah, blah. You can hurt yourself at training or you can hurt yourself in a pre-season indoor cricket match with a tennis ball where Dylan Roberton from St Kilda oh, yeah. got hit in the pills, in the pills. had to get taken <laughs> to hospital for some stitches. Oh, well, how about this one? You know Rio Ferdinand? I do. Former, I think he was, yeah, he played a few games for England in the soccer yep. football. Mm. He used to play for Leeds. When he played for Leeds, he was sitting in his lounge room with his feet up on the table and watching TV. Yeah. And when he went to get up, He'd had one leg on top of the other for so long that he actually tore the posterior cruciate in his in one of his knees. I can't remember. Oh, right really? Off, and missed weeks. Just due to inactivity? Just due to sitting there with, with his legs crossed up on a table. <laughs> <laughs> so he should have been encouraged so to go out and have a hit playing, of tennis. Playing social ball or tennis or something, <laughs> yeah. All right, you ready for a listener question? Yes. This one is from good friend of the show, Daniel Jarvis. Hello, Daniel. Uh, Andrew? Yes. If you won the toss in Adelaide, would you have sent me in to bat? This is a double double part question, so we'll start with this one. Uh, oh, when I was playing cricket as a bowler, I always wanted to bowl first, and I would find any excuse. I'd look at the pitch and do just it, go, "Do a bit early." Oh, yeah, that's a bit there. But judging on who I had in. At my disposal, pink ball. Yeah, bugger it. You would have bowled? Yeah. yeah. Let's All have right. a crack. Well, here's your next question then. Okay. I think I know the answer after that. Would you have enforced the follow-on? Are you a fan of the follow-on? In this particular... I'm assuming ins- it's as the bowling side. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Daniel's obviously talking about the current test where yep. the follow-on was possible. It was possible for Australia to enforce the follow-on. They chose not to. I wouldn't have in this instance mm-hmm. because... If they had have broken that partnership between Chris Wokes and Craig Overton sooner mm-hmm. and bowled them out for, say, 180, then I would have said yes. But I think they'd been out there for an extra 10 overs and the bowlers, I think, just needed a little bit of time to, to rest, recuperate and 
it's been proven that maybe it wasn't the right mm-hmm. decision because Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson were hooping the ball all over what, the place. What side do you err on usually? Do you do you enforce follow on or do you not enforce follow on? Oh, Circumstances aside, let's just say, uh, as what's your what's your thoughts on follow on in general? Lo- if you've just bowled a long innings, no. If you bowled a shorter innings, yes. Yeah. All right. Lovely. Mm. One more uh, cricket question from our listeners. This one's from Rochi. Yep. Love a bit of Rochi on the Twitter. He's good fun. Uh, do you change a two zero winning side, or do you wait until it's three zero to tinker? I think he's uh, getting, uh, okay, getting ahead of himself in the Ashes here. Because Australia needs to win the, yeah. the Test Series to get the Ashes yeah. back. Um, I think that if Usman Khawaja had have not performed in in this Test, then he might have been in trouble, but he's, he's done okay. Peter Hanscom's the one who is probably the most at risk. And a lot of it is actually to do with the... what. With how he's batting, or it's how, to, how he's batting at the moment. <laughs> Good on you. How he's playing cricket that's it, hurting him. It's it's to do with his specific setup at the crease against these specific bowlers. Broad and Anderson swing the ball. Peter Hanscom stands right back on his stumps and is a massive LBW candidate. Glenn Maxwell is scoring runs for fun at the moment. Joe Burns has scored mm. uh, three hundred and eighty-six runs in his last three he innings. Scored a double hundred. Double hundred today. Recently, yep. Well, hey, I'd, I'd make a change. This raises an interesting point, though. Mm-hmm. Hanscom has struggled in this test, but yes. this is a completely alien situation to what the rest of the series is going to be. There's a pink ball that swings an absolute mile and they're playing at night in damp surrounds. The rest of the series is going to be traditional tests, yeah, traditional venues, traditional pitches. So... What should should select should the selectors disregard the form from this from this test? Well, I don't think you can disregard the form of Hanscom in the first innings of the first test, where that was where Anderson got him LBW, pinned him not even on the crease to the stumps LBW, and I don't think they'll make a change to the team. Mm. I think they'll make a change to the squad yeah. initially, and that will be to bring Mitch Marsh into the squad. They'll want an extra bowler at their disposal. They'll want the the ability to select a medium-paced bowling all-rounder at the Wacker, which over recent years has become a very flat pitch. And they've got three bowlers who've done a mountain of work and they don't want to overwork them. So I think if there is any change, it might actually be... One of the the batters, probably Hanscom, out for Mitch Marsh. So it all comes down to what the selectors think the pitch is going to do. AJ, more questions. I've got one for you. Mm -hmm. And in mixed martial arts, in the UFC, there's been a recent spate of very, very quick KOs in recent times and very vicious KOs in certain circumstances. Do you think that the more people who have been growing up with MMA, been training for a lot longer, are getting almost too good to be able to compete and they're making the sport dangerous? No, I don't think so. No? No. No, I don't think so. You mean the... Like the, a 19-second KO where the other person's got yeah, no that chance. Happen, and that happens everywhere. That's, that's the matchmaker's fault. That's the organiser's fault. 
Okay, all right. There we yeah. So because I know that happens happens a lot in in boxing or happens mm. well it happens everywhere. It happens in but, every every combat sport. But but I think what what I've and it might just be that I'm noticing it, but I've noticed that it seems to be more prevalent in over the last six months. Mm. Is it due to uh, poor poor matching? Well, it's of, poor matching, but it's also you got to remember MMA. It's mixed martial arts. Some guys are really good at boxing. Some guys are really good at Muay Thai. Some guys want to get them down the ground and grapple. If you're a ground specialist fighting a Muay Thai guy and you decide to walk in there and try to throw hands at him, you're going to get killed. Mm. So yeah, it's I I blame the organisers and I blame the strategy of the fighters. Okay. Yeah. Very good. All right, let's move on. Andrew, is it a bad thing that FIFA takes over the Football Federation of Australia? I do not know anywhere near enough about this, but on the surface of it... Well, that's what we're looking for. (laughs) Yeah, on the surface of it, FIFA has always seemed to be a less than uh, above board operation and... (laughs) The FFA seem to just be imploding uh, as well. So, if the current situation is that if the FFA remain in charge mm. and football in this country goes down the drain, mm. then it's a good thing for FIFA <laughs> to take over. Well, the FFA's position is kind of untenable because the state organisations aren't interested in working with them. Do you want to give me a, a, a 30 second... Very quick. Yeah. Very quick because we've dragged on a bit. Um, the... State organisations and, sorry, A-League clubs want an extra vote in the uh, board. Okay, yep. FFA saying no and they've proposed a model which gives one extra vote uh, and clubs are now saying, no, clubs and states are saying no, we're not having that. Uh, FIFA has come over the top and said, sort yourselves out or we are going to do it for you. Yeah. And like we've said before, this sort of stuff only happens to tin pot African dictatorships and, you know, war-torn Middle Eastern countries and places like that. And um, FIFA wouldn't hesitate to say, we're taking you out of the World Cup. We're giving you a place to someone else. Yeah, so I've read that they're, they're 100% able to do that. And then they it is at their discretion as to who comes in as well. Mm. Now, Peru, I think, were in a similar situation. And so there was talk that, oh, well, if they go, then maybe... Um, because Peru beat New Zealand. Yeah. Peru, yeah. So maybe then New Zealand will get that slot. But mm. it, you can guarantee. Italy will, no, if someone goes no, no, out. No, no, no. It will be the USA. Oh, well. If anyone gets kicked out, the USA are going straight in because uh, that's where most of the money is that FIFA will get. And there's already the limit of UEFA teams, isn't there? There's mm. a. Or uh, I think. Oh no, the limit wouldn't matter if um, someone's kicked out for okay. administrative reasons. So, all right, I'm going to throw it back to you. All Will right. Australia get kicked out of the World Cup due to their administrative <laughs> situation? Oh, it's a genuine possibility, isn't it's it? It's a genuine possibility. Yeah, people. Yeah, this isn't something that has been made up. This is a red hot thing that could happen. And so right sh- now, it's probably sixty forty that we will get booted. So surely the states can go, oh, bug up, righto, let's fall in line. No, no way. That's the problem. The um, <laughs> Headstrong. They're all out for themselves. Even if it means it's costing Australia a spot in the World well, Cup. Well, that's not their fault. That's someone else. That's the <laughs> FFA's fault, Andrew. 
Good. Oh, we need to move on because this is depressing. Me. God. Um, all right. I've got, I've got one for you and it's one that it, it frustrates me and it amuses me in equal measures. <laughs> Binary reactions to individual events extrapolating that out to a result is... <laughs> Can we have that in English? I'm pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> so one event happens in a sporting contest. Yes. And the immediate reaction is either that is going to – that's going to cost the team the game or mm. that means they're going to win the game. Yep. It's one isolated event out of, in soccer, 90 minutes. In yeah. a test match, five days. In yeah. Aussie rules, 200 or 100 and yeah, whatever, however many minutes. Three bloody hours, yes. Why do people – Put themselves through this. They just they what go. You, what made you think of this question? Joe Root has lost the cricket match because he sent Australia in. Steve Smith has lost the cricket match because he didn't enforce the follow-on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, so the the best part about those two situations <laughs> is that one of them is going to be proven well, it's right. Going to be right. Yeah. I th- oh, people just love to love to extrapolate, Andrew. But there is a there they, is lo- they a, love to be first. There is a science to it, though. Is there? There are. You know, it's not just – well, you could argue it's the very last action of a game that decides what happens. But what um, there are moments in matches where if it goes one way or the other, it has a massive bearing on what happens for the rest of the game. Sure, but then there are equally additional moments after that that, that might Yeah, but would it. they have happened if the first moment had or hadn't happened? They wouldn't. They couldn't. Mm, it's exactly. impossible for it so, to have happened. So the first moment is the one that caused all of the reaction. Well, no, that means that the 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 bounce of an AFL ball at the start. We are getting very metaphysical here. I know, but I, well, I, the, no, the bounce at the start of the AFL one's funny because both teams think they have all these set plays and grids in that, and as soon as the <laughs> ball goes in the air, everything is out the window. Everyone just watches the ball and goes, "Oh, Ooh, hang on, I'm supposed to be over here, but the ball's over there." Yes. Oh, that's an interesting question. Thank you. Oh, here's one for you from our listener, Matthew Merrington. Okay. Why does it rain in summer when there's baseball on? Is there someone we can speak to about this? <laughs> Who do I call to get it fixed? That is an excellent question, Matthew. <laughs> After the biblical uh, downpour all, all, around, all around Australia. Yeah, at various um, times. Game, ABL games were impacted in Adelaide. In Sydney and in Melbourne, yep. and uh, two games in particular, you'll be interested in this, had to be called because of curfew or finished because yeah. of curfew because uh, teams need to go catch their planes home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. It would have been interesting if it was tied at the time, but it wasn't. Yes. So the ruling came from head office that, all right, we're going to finish the game here. Yeah, all done. Um, one thing that I do find quite amusing about the, the rain argument is whenever an, and I'll, I'll talk about test match cricket people will just go oh no Melbourne it's going to rain blah 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 mm. the Sydney test has been significantly impacted over the past five years with two days being washed out of, of a couple of matches yeah. Yeah. and w- what can you do should there be indoor stadiums more indoor stadiums AJ is that what Matthew's saying? More indoor stadiums oh, for baseball. I would love an indoor baseball stadium. Is there an indoor baseball stadium in the I'd world? I'd also love to win $800 million in the Mexican lotto, and that's not happening either. Well, you haven't bought a ticket. Well, yeah, yeah, I have to make that first move, Andrew. Exactly. That affects everything else. Yes. <laughs> Are there any indoor baseball stadiums in the world? Oh, yeah, there's a stack. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a whole bunch. 
and ironically in areas where there's uh, high summer rain. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Oh dear! All right, here's a question for you. Okay, I got two left. Oh really? I think I'm out, but that's okay. No, I've, I might have one more. All right, give the rugby league world cup an overall score out of ten. Oh, I lo- We've just had an absolute ripping final. I'm going to go an an eight. Eight? Yeah. Eight out of ten. Now explain your decision. So, the yeah, there were some matches that weren't necessarily competitive, but I really loved people going back to their country of nation, country of origin, playing for – maybe the Lebanon example isn't necessarily the best one. <laughs> you but love the Lebanon. I do. It's brilliant. So, you're talking like Jason Talmalolo going yeah, to Tonga. going to Tonga yeah. and obviously that then having a massive impact on the, the Tongan – Team's progress through. Well, they were but a video review away from playing in the final against Australia. Mm. Yeah, or a loose Some carry. Absolutely ripping games. Yeah, really good, good matches. The final six nil. There was one try in the fourteenth minute, and that was it. There was a disallowed yeah. try for Australia, and there was plenty of. Very hard-hitting defence. And the England, game was... England just couldn't get it together in attack, could they? No, they kept on just dropping the ball at the crucial oh, moment. Geez. But also, they, right up until the, the 78th, 79th minute, Australia knocked on and gave England a chance mm. to draw level. It was a yeah, fascinating Massive and ratings. crash. The final was huge rating, something like 2.7 million or something. Oh, wow. 2.1 or 2.7, something like that. Massive, massive ratings. All the games rated really well throughout yeah. the tournament. The average Even those on... Was it, did they have on a secondary channel as yeah. well? Yeah. But I won't hear any talk about, oh, it's a secondary channel because everyone's got everyone's it. Everyone's got it, yeah. yeah. Um, the average crowd ended up being 13,500 or so, uh, which is down on the previous World Cup, but still higher than an NRL season. Yeah. <laughs> The, the one disappointing thing for me was the promotion and marketing in the lead up yeah. to it. I just don't think that they hit the hit the mark. Like I I saw pretty much bugger all, mm. and I'm. I wonder if that's because there, it was an organising committee rather than you know the NRL doing it or Super League doing it or uh, uh, okay Channel Seven, you know, kind of did a little bit to it. Yeah, but. Yeah, anyway. It was interesting. You gave an 8 out of 10? I'd match that. I'd give out an 8 as well. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Two more. All right. Have you got one? Yeah, I do. I do. The amount of money that is being spent in New South Wales on knocking down and rebuilding two stadiums, is it worth the investment two billion dollars to knock down and rebuild one stadium that's not even 20 years old correct and another one that is rarely if ever full so that's the there's the, the sydney football stadium which has been sydney i think football that, stadium in moore park was that 1988 when yeah, that around, was built around then uh, late 80s yeah uh, used to be packed nrl grand final used to be there yeah um and also Homebush, the Olympic Stadium out in Homebush, they're built for the Olympics. For the Olympics, obviously. The, when that stadium was built, it seated one hundred and ten thousand, and then uh, they took out two end bits to bring it down to eighty eighty five or something like that. Yep, I think it can reach now. And it's also at the moment you can push the seats in and configure it to 
soccer or rugby league or anything, but no one goes. No one goes there. It's This is a colossal waste of money. And you, you talk about the fact that you can move the seats in, bring the seats out. That sounds like a world-class build of a stadium and a genius way to increase... Either increase crowds, bring people closer, have it as a multi-purpose yeah. stadium. So why... It's perfect for the Olympics. It's trash for everything else. And, it, like, do you think it's just location? We ins- No, it's... We insist in Australia in building our stadium with a bowl sort of setup. Yep. Where the highest seat is, like, 120 metres away or 100 and 200 metres away. Not as bad as it used to be, but still, yeah. Um, somewhere like Amy Park in Melbourne is probably the best way you'd want to build a stadium now and it's they've based that on European football stadiums where yep. you just go up and yeah. you work the angles in the seats but you just go up um, and that's I mean they could do that for half the price or a third of the price mm. the Sydney football stadium maybe needs needs a fair bit of work yeah um, I yeah. wish there's no excuse for doing anything to that no that's it so Sydney football stadium I can understand because there's the the setup means that it's a long line for the bathroom. It's a long line for for drinks and for food. The the bathroom, the, the toilets and change rooms for the players are, are nowhere near at the level that they mm. need to be. Particularly now that you have the, um, the, the, the sorry, no, you go. Yeah, I was just going to say the the reasoning given by the minister responsible is just embarrassing. Oh, oh, we're we're behind other states and blah, 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 blah. Mate, you're lucky to get 10,000 people to a massive rugby league game there between traditional rivals. Yeah. And you're planning on building two, what, 80-odd thousand seat stadiums or one that's 50-odd, which will never be filled, and and another one that's 80-odd with a roof for uh, rectangular sport events. And that's great, but... Are they they going to build a roof? Well, uh, that's the intention, I think. They should. But they're not going to... Um, I mean, uh, it'll be maybe rugby league finals. Anyone who plays home games there has got rocks in their head and the government will probably have to pay them to do it. Yeah. Uh, and Socceroos will play... They play, what, 15, 15, 16 qualifiers over the space of two years? Yep. So maybe 10 games of football there. No so AFL, does, which is good. Um, does, does that mean that it will become, by by virtue of the amount of money they put into it, and they'll have to use that as the Socceroos' home pitch? Oh, yeah, that's the intention, that it's going to be a, um, used as the okay. home ground. But I don't know what they're planning for Waratahs or Wallabies or anything like that. Yes. All right. Anyway, one last question for you. Yes. Rolling on from the World Cup draw, where Australia drew Denmark, Peru and France. Mm. Uh, I believe group that, of death. I believe they are the ninth, tenth, and twelfth ranked. Ninth, eleventh, and twelfth. Eleventh and twelfth ranked teams in the world. But I'm actually feeling pretty positive about it. What do you say? This is the one time where group of death could actually be used, <laughs> and it would have been appropriate if you look at the the rankings that any other team faces across the entire World Cup. And you add up the three teams they're playing. Mm. Ours are significantly lower, <laughs> i.e., higher than yeah. anyone else. And it's a lot of it's due to Denmark improving in the rankings, and so mm. they were in pot three when, if they were done now, they'd be in pot two. Blah blah mm. blah. Yeah, I'm. There's an awful lot of I'm don't confident. rate the country, don't rate the team though here because Peru. Oh, they only beat New Zealand. 
Not yeah. that they went through a 20-game qualifying South American yeah. thing and finished, what, one point off direct qualification. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, look, a lot of this is going to hang on the coaching appointment and the style of play that the coach wants to implement mm. and how quickly the players will be able to to latch on to that. But best-case scenario, I would, I think, lose to, lose to France uh, – by a small margin, mm. draw one of the other games and win one of the other games. Yeah, we can't have a 4-0 drubbing in the game first game like we had in 2010 with Germany. Yeah. Um, I've got a good feeling. We probably won't go through, but I think we'll at least acquit ourselves could, pretty well. Could they even Could they even sneak a draw against France? Oh, yeah. France, yeah. Are, France are gettable early in yeah. World Cups. They, Senegal. Yeah, they like to go into it. They like to go into it early. Um, Smoothly, yeah. Um, one interesting thing, though, Andrew, when the draw came out, the mm. France game. How good are these times? Oh, the France yeah. game is at eight pm. The on Denmark, a on a oh, Saturday, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, the Denmark game. I don't know the day, but that's at ten pm. Yep. And I, I think, think that's actually, I think I might have to be a, a Thursday night. Okay. And the other game, uh, Peru game, I think is at midnight. This yeah, is midnight like, one am. Aside from. Australia playing a World Cup here <laughs> or in Japan. These are the best times we're ever going to get. Yeah. Um, AFL journos, though, your mates, Andrew, were yep. tweeting uh, about the AFL games that clash with the Socceroo games. Now, is that insecurity or are they just being thoughtful? I think that it is... Just stirring up shit. No, nah, so I reckon it's a, it was just a genuine, oh, I wonder what else is on at this time. I'm an AFL journal. I I reckon that the reaction to it of, oh my god, you've got to compare everything. Rrr is part of these banal code wars that continue <laughs> to happen. And if you want to see it as a insecure AFL journal, you can. If you want to see it as an interesting piece of information, you can. If you want to see it as something else, you can. It all depends on the individual and how entrenched in the code wars they are, they do I reckon. They put themselves out there, though, don't they? Oh, absolutely, yes. There was a Matt Thompson, I think it was, in Melbourne, and another guy over in Perth was saying yeah. that, oh, this clashes with the Eagles game. And so one of them clashes soccer, with... Soccer Twitter absolutely shredded both yeah. of them. <laughs> one of them clashes with a Hawthorne match, and I'm a Hawthorne supporter. I would not have known that until probably two weeks before. I wouldn't have probably cared. Yeah, and I reckon I would You're have... You're not going to go watch the Hawthorne game when the Socceroos are in a World Cup game. No, I'll, I'll, PM, no I'd watch the... I'd probably watch the Socceroos match and have... I'd either be updating the score on my phone or maybe just have the even the stream on my phone. Yeah. But the main would be the, the Soccer <laughs> World Cup. Well... We've reached the end, Andrew, but I have one question for you. Oh, okay. And it's a question for you and for everybody. Oh. We're going to put that out on at ASD underscore radio and facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Okay. I went on a little bit of a rant earlier this week uh, about pitched outside leg rule. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> in cricket. Yes, uh, you I did. I think it's the worst rule in sport, whereas it should be a simple solution, Andrew. Is the ball going to hit the stumps? Yes. Was the batsman hit in front of that? Yes. See ya. That's out. Okay. Anyway. Yes, left. Of, yes, Mr. This, left arm fast bowler. None of this one inch, you know, one millimetre of the ball was outside the projected line from stump cam. So, 
What's the worst rule in sport? That's what I want to know. You tell me yours, oh. and then we'll put it out at ASD underscore radio, facebook.com slash sporting discussion. What is the worst rule in sport, Andrew? You got one, or do you want Are to... Are you asking me that right now? Right now. Oh, God. Um, the worst rule in sport. Jeez, I don't know. Okay, do you want to come back to that next week? I do. We'll have, I've got, we'll have some good listeners. I've got stuff one. Well. I've got one that annoys me, but it's not the worst rule in sport. All right, well, let's go with annoy first. Like in, in AFL, I don't think you should be able to shepherd the man who's standing on the mark. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But it's not the worst rule. It's not the worst rule. So you want to think about it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, at ASD underscore radio, facebook.com slash sporting discussion, what is the worst rule in sport? Uh, and we will post that on all our social medias. Look forward to hearing from you because we will have that on next week. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to scouring a, a whole bunch of different sports <laughs> and finding out. No, we don't want obscure, obscure. No, no, I'm stuff. not going to find out the, you know, the like, double tapping oh, kabaddi. At 3pm on the 12th, you are not allowed to put on, <laughs> put on your jodhpurs. Or, no, it has to be, you know, yeah. genuine rule we see every day. Okay. Oh, very good. <laughs> Well, AJ, I think that will do us for this episode of a sporting discussion. We've been, we've talked about everything. We've solved the problems of the world. Have we what? Where are we? Where Sick are we going? Solving problems. <laughs> where are we going to hear you, see you, read you this week? Oh dear! Um, uh, you can read me doing the ABL previews and features at the Australian Baseball Alumni. That's abpaa.com. And a reminder that a Sporting Discussion is the official audio partner of the Australian Baseball Alumni. Very uh, good. Very shortly we will have some things to put out. Uh, Excellent. The Australian Baseball Alumni show or something more original than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going to be on ABC Grandstand this week. ABC Grandstand as the Australian Baseball League correspondent. Correspondent. God, I'll never, I'll never get used to that. Um, at about 10 to 1. And you can also read me in Crinkling News, which is the newspaper for kids. Uh, what have you got this time? I interviewed uh, a kid and his dad, Benny Baker, who mm. is a 12-year-old motorcycle racer <laughs> who has just qualified for something called the Asia Talent Cup. And it's kind of, uh, call it, they follow the superbikes and the MotoGP yep. around Asia. Like, is it a junior or is it a senior and he's qualified as a junior? Riders can go up to 20. Okay. He's qualified at age 12. As a 12-year-old. It's just incredible. Yeah, I was really still cool. falling I'll, off my, my, my push see, bike at 12. I want to see if we can get someone from um, GP Juniors. Yeah. That's the place okay. it comes from, so we'll, we'll look at that. But anyway, you, 7.15 a.m. Monday morning on Triple R's Breakfasters. One more Monday morning for this year and then a Friday morning where at the Corner Hotel we're doing a, <laughs> a live outside broadcast. Early morning a, cans. <laughs> no, no, maybe no. Um, and we would yeah, do a, a, a wrap of the year and then a couple of, well, no, then I think it'll be about six weeks off before getting back into it next year. So, yeah. Oh, that's all right. Yes. Yeah. Anything else? Anywhere else? No. No white line wireless or no, no. They, they don't cover home series, do they? No, don't cover home series. We tried. There were far too many logistical issues. Logistical or legislative? No, 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 no. No, that's yet to, that's yet to come up. <laughs> well, we wait. Yes. All right. Thanks let's get out of here. everybody. everybody.